Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. I'm Anthony. And I'm Amy. And together, we talk about applying God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Welcome once again, everybody, to Grace and Peace Radio. I am your host, Anthony, and with me today is... Amy. Surprise. That's right. My (laughs) lovely wife and co-host. Thank you. Thank you. My co-host in life. I guess. That's um, true. I, yeah, I guess that is part of it. I don't know. <laughs> Captain and Tennille? Yeah. Something How's like that. that for dating myself? <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> Who are they? Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, today we are going to turn the tables. And in fact, we have turned the yeah, table. Yeah, we have turned the table. I am actually on the opposite side of the kitchen table today. And mm-hmm. and Amy is on my side. Um and Amy's going to be sharing with me and with you listeners some things that she's learned recently out of Jerry Bridges' book, The Practice of Godliness. Well, I'm excited to hear this because, you know, I know that she's been doing this ladies' study for a number of weeks now. We really haven't had much of a chance to talk about it. So true. we thought, hey, we we're going to talk about it. Let's bring everybody else into the room. Mm-hmm. We're glad you're here. Thanks again for letting us into your lives. It's an honor and a privilege. We're just really glad to be a part of it. So thank you. We are. Yes. So Amy, give me an overview of the book because I haven't really even looked at it. First of all, it's actually a Bible study that was created after his book. I mean, it's a book that he's written. So it was a book that he wrote after uh, The Pursuit of Holiness. So he's really well known for the book, The Pursuit of Holiness. And which really deals with, or with putting off the old self. So he ended up writing the practice of godliness to focus on putting on the new self. And then it was made into a a Bible study. It's a small group, 12-week Bible study. Honestly, it's not a women's study. So I encourage everybody, I encourage everybody to read the book, even if you don't do it as a Bible study. But... You don't necessarily have to do it as a small group. I really have thought about this, that it would be, it'd be an excellent study for a husband and wife to do, or, you What know. are you saying? <laughs> I'm already defensive. <laughs> now we got too many other things going on um, <laughs> right now, but it is, it's, it's really a good study. And that has been in my mind, like two friends could do it. So don't let the idea that this is a small group 12-week study throw you off that, oh, I can't do this. There's no video with it. It's not that kind of a a study. Before you jump into what you've been learning, what's his writing style like? I know like R.C. Sproul, for example, we always talk about how clearly he writes, how he writes to the the every man, every Mm -hmm. woman. Mm -hmm. And he just had that gift to be able to do that, which obviously some writers... And speakers don't have. Right. How does Jerry Bridges approach the writing? I'm really actually glad you asked that. It's interesting that you did. It's very clear as well. It's been described by our pastor's wife as reading Jerry Bridges reminds her of her father, of just a godly man who is sitting down and explaining these things to you. So it's very clear. It's very easy to understand. It can be very convicting. I mean, it really makes you think, but it's not making you think in an academic sort of way. 
that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. And then when you say it's very convicting, it's it's convicting by what he's bringing out, or is it convicting? I always think of when I think of convicting, I think of like A. W. Tozer because. I read a line of Tozer uh, and I feel barely even saved. I just, so there's that kind of thing. Is it, does he, is there kind of a weight to it? A, a burden or, or? It's no. And I'm, and that's good. Thank you for asking about that. No, I mean, convicted in the sense of it really makes you think about how you look at God, how you're approaching God, how your daily walk with God is and how you can improve on that. Yeah, I mean, convicting in some sense of, like, the there's a chapter that we just did this past uh, study on humility, and I'm going to just deal with a small piece of how this starts out is really going to be my focus, but we just did a chapter on humility, and that can be, that can be convicting. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, sometimes you don't realize how prideful you can be in various aspects of your life. It's it's rather subtle. Mm. So that's what I mean by convicting. It really opens your mind and your eyes to an awareness of how you are living toward God and for God. Yeah, that that helps. So really convicting and I'm hearing challenging in a a good way. Yes, challenging in an excellent way. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm definitely interested to hear what you're going to share with us today. Uh, Before I do that, Let me play a quick promo for another book that is out. What was the name of it? Jesus Changed Everything. (laughs) Okay. I really thought maybe you were going somewhere else with that. By, by, um... Oh, it's some some New Jersey guy. Yeah. uh, Well, I'll tell you what. uh, I'll think of it. You think it, it escapes me at the moment, yeah. but let me go ahead and play this promo and then we'll be right back. I got a very nice review, a new review about Jesus Changed Everything on Amazon. And I wanted to share this. It's written by a woman named Eileen. And it says, big truths in readable format for those of us who aren't well read. And she gives it five stars. Thank you very much for that. That's very gracious. And she says, I appreciate the simple readability of this book. It provides sound answers to basic questions on a level anyone, even I, can understand. A glimpse of one man's journey, how Jesus changed his life, and how he can change our lives too. Biblical answers important for all of us, not like the quote-unquote new-agey stuff being printed these days. Very nice. End of quote. So, thank you, Eileen. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, and to God be the glory. Uh, so that's a little bit about Jesus Changed Everything. If you haven't picked it up, I see now that uh, Amazon's actually got it on sale. You can now get it for, as of today, 1063 which is 24% off the list price. Oh, cool. And if you're a Prime member, it's available for Prime Prime one day. How about that? Wow, I might buy a copy. <laughs> I... So it was my book. <laughs> I was like, that sounds really familiar. That I, sounds re- yeah. like, wow. And I, then I, then, yeah. So. I, I think you need to uh, drink some more coffee. <laughs> oh, and listeners, by the way, I'm facing out our porch and I'm watching this squirrel who has been assaulting the bird feeder all afternoon. He's been cracking me up. 
I actually went out there and had a conversation with him, and he wasn't impressed. He didn't move either. She, so. she really did. Uh, <laughs> listeners, I'm in my, my office working on some stuff, and I can hear her having this conversation almost like she's <laughs> yelling at neighborhood kids to get off the lawn <laughs> or stop playing baseball so loudly or something like that. It turns out she was rebuking a squirrel. Yeah, and he was just sitting there still eating his seeds. So and... she's having this whole conversation, and the squirrel's just like, hey, lady. <laughs> That's exactly is, his attitude. <laughs> this is mine. Go away. Oh, uh, yeah. So that squirrel needs to really He has to work on his godliness. On his godliness yep, for he sure. really does. He really does. So there we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, how many podcasts do you listen to that address ungodly squirrels? Exactly. I guarantee you. Only, only 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 this one. That's right. And only with the Russos. So what what is the topic this week out of that book? What's the one that really you're interested in? Really, it's the idea of devotion to God and what that means because that's pretty much encompasses the study, the book. Uh the the definition of godliness that is used in the book is devotion to God that results in a life that is pleasing to him. Say that again. Godliness, the definition, is devotion to God that results in a life that is pleasing to him. So that's the overarching message. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's looking at the totality of the Christian life and the foundation in which character is built. What I think is interesting, before I get into the devotion piece, I, I do want to touch on the fact that He's going to be talking about different traits throughout the, the study. As I mentioned last week, we talked about humility. It's not just from Galatians 5, 22, 23, where you have the well-known fruit of the Spirit and, and all those, those attributes. Those are part of it. But he also takes from Colossians 3, 12 through 16, Ephesians 4, 2 through 3, James 3, 17, and Second Peter 1, 5 through 7. That's what he's going to work through throughout the book. What I'm going to focus on is this whole idea of devotion to God and having that mindset throughout our lives every day. As he says, a devotion is not an activity. It's an attitude, you know, an attitude toward God. Mm-hmm. So he has three aspects of that, fear of God, love of God, desire for God. As I'm reading through the Pentateuch and just about finishing up with that, there's so many times where Moses, really Moses and the Lord, command the Israelites to to fear the Lord, to love the Lord, and to obey the Lord. Yeah, it just kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, that's as cool. As you presented right. that. But, right. Ahead, sorry, yeah. So really and truly, it's, it is what 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, that everything we do, we do to the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink, do everything to the glory of God. And, and, that, and we've talked about that on the podcast, too, as far as what we do in our life. But the key here, I think, is fear of the Lord. It's a concept that really isn't discussed in churches. Even growing up, if I'd hear about fear of the Lord as a kid, it'd be, am I supposed to be afraid of God? And, you know, in today's world, that's just not something, that whole idea of fear or reverencing God 
there's almost the opposite emphasis of God is love. God never gets angry. God's never judging you, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. So when he's talking about fear of the Lord, he's talking about veneration and honor. To quote him, it says, the reverent godly Christian sees God first in his transcendent glory, majesty, and holiness before, my emphasis, he sees him in his love, mercy, and grace. And what I realized when I was reading this is I don't always do that. Mm. I tend to just sort of jump into my Bible reading of, okay, this is my Bible reading. This is my time. I'm really bad about that when it comes to prayer. I tend to jump in with, hey, Lord, how you doing? You know, Mm. here's my laundry list. And that's a hard habit to change, quite honestly. At least it has been for me. Mm Mm-hmm. So he mentions a flippant familiarity when we're not looking at the glory, the majesty, and the holiness of God. And I can see, too, where that can be on a spectrum because taken to, I was going to say extreme, but really taken to a proper end, you have the, the idea that either like Isaiah or Again, you know, Moses at the burning bush mm-hmm. where the Lord says, take off your sandals for this is holy ground, where you never say anything to the Lord because you are trying to be as reverent as humanly possible to Almighty God, which who is beyond our, our fathoming. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what amount of reverence could we possibly do, you know, so reverent that you never say anything? But right. then, obviously, that is not what God expects either. No, because he wants us to communicate with him. Right. And he wants that, so. that communion. And actually, Bridges addresses this. He said, you know, there's a healthy tension. It's the, that's the phrase he uses between the reverential and what he calls the childlike confidence in God as Heavenly Father. So, I like that. Yeah, I like that, too. In fact, it reminded me when I was doing the notes, I'm also trying to read the Gospel of Mark in between my chronological reading. And I came to the part in chapter 10, I think, or 11, where the children are coming to him and Jesus' disciples are rebuking them. And he's saying, everyone must come to me as a child. And when I think of this childlike confidence, how often we lose that. Mm -hmm. You know, we lose that childlike wonder of who God is and the fact that he notices me or you or anybody else. And and that he he loves us as his children, uh, those of us who whom he has saved. He he loves us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and there's a piece of that, that that's going to come up that addresses exactly that. Another fascinating concept that he brought out that I never thought of, and I'm going to quote him from the book, God is in the process of preparing us for heaven to dwell with him for eternity. He wants us to be like him and reverence and adore him for all eternity. We must be learning to do this now. Hmm. 
never crossed my mind that what I'm doing now in this world is preparing me for what I'm going to be doing eternally before right. the Lord for eternity. Mm-hmm. That's kind of neat, and it's a little daunting at the same time. That's the whole convicting, challenging piece of, of doing You'll this. You'll have plenty of, I'll just say plenty of time, but plenty of not time to <laughs> to work on that. Yeah, plenty of practice. Right. Was it Amazing Grace? Yeah, when we've been there 10,000 years. years. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah. But to go back to what you were saying about the fact that, that God loves us, the word that I still hang on to as I'm going through this that Bridges use is called to be gripped by God's love. That just whole intensity of that word gripped. He says, the love of God has no meaning apart from Calvary. Jesus did not die just to give us peace and purpose in life. He died to save us from the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. And in that is love. Because at the same time, as he says, it's not enough to believe that God loved the world. I must be gripped, my emphasis, by the realization that God loves me, a specific person. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I realize that silent pondering of this whole thing doesn't really play for podcasts. So I'm sitting here kind of thinking about it, and then I'm like, wait a minute, radio silence. <laughs> but that's very interesting. And and again, really, in a sense, the practice of godliness, we could say, is the practice of being gripped by God mm-hmm. in all his attributes, mm-hmm. in his sovereignty, his splendor, his omnipotence, omniscience, holiness, all of these things that there's this constant being gripped by God and then how that changes your attitudes. You know, wake up in the morning. None of us wake up, feet out of bed. I can't wait to, you know, read my Bible and pray. And, and right. we're, we're just kind of like Gary Larson wrote in the uh, the far side when he, you know, the embarrassment of morning face. <laughs> just, just cartoon character with all this, you know, squiggly face. Huh. You know, we all have morning face. But, you know, it is the discipline of our lives, of our hearts, the pursuit, the practice of godliness mm-hmm. to rein it in, put the phone aside nowadays or whatever the thing is, and get our time with the Lord in the mornings and, and, and to change our hearts to pursue the Lord and, and be gripped by him afresh. And as you and I were discussing, as far as being gripped by him and that holiness, as you and I were just talking about, I think it was this morning, as we're both getting to the end of Deuteronomy and just the sometimes slogging through all of that. You know, now in Deuteronomy, the repetition of a lot of the laws and uh, the ceremonies and it's like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And bringing your mind back to, okay, the Lord has something to say here. Right. This is God's word. Right. And don't blow it off. Don't be skipping words Mm -hmm. look at this right and then of course it goes from from there as far as thirsting for god in that desire and then he'll go on to discuss things like quiet time bible reading prayer and what we should be 
focused on or aware of in our in our prayer times meditating on the word you know and, and i love it because he he specifically mentions cuz unfortunately and even i think this was written in the late 90s it's when this was first published this book you know you say meditate and you immediately think of a lot of the new age you know the whole idea of emptying your mind sure when no, when you're meditating on the Word of God, you are filling your mind right. specifically with the Word of God so that you have it with you when when you need it most. And then, as I said, he's he's going to then continue on through the rest of this study and in his book, if you're just reading it as a book, of the different fruit of the Spirit beyond just Galatians. So let me mention a couple of these verses and read these to you. The, the first one, obviously, is Galatians 5, 23 and this is coming out of the NIV. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. But then Paul also talks in, in Colossians 3, 12 through 16, he mentions about clothing yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ephesians 4, 2-3, similar. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. James and, and Peter, same kinds of things. James 3.17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And then finally, 2 Peter 1, 5-7, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. It's just been a really good study so far, and I'm really interested in what comes next. This next study is going to be dealing with contentment and thankfulness. So, oh, very good. Mm -hmm. I, haven't, I haven't started reading the chapter yet, but I'm going to be very interested in what he has to say with that. I really do recommend Jerry Bridges. He's got enough books out there, and he's well-known enough that I really do think for my audio folks, I can't imagine there isn't audiobooks out there on any of his stuff. And this book and the, um, pursuit, the, of pursuit, the pursuit of Holiness and the Practice of Godliness are his two biggest, or should say just more well-known books. Very so. good. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. You're welcome. I, I learned quite a few things, so... Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, Good, yeah. good. Thank you. Any other final words? No, I just keep studying, folks. It's, uh, I mean, read your Bible. You know, we, we emphasize that every, every time we're on, but it's important, and sometimes it's too easy to become weary mm -hmm. in reading, so keep reading your Bible, but... There's there's other good resources out there, so be sure to... Yeah. Like Spurgeon said, visit many books, but live in the Bible. There you go. I love that. 
Well, that is our show for this week. And again, we are we're just honored, mm-hmm. really, that that you would give uh, your time to to listen to us. And so we we thank you for that. And if you have any ideas for the show, any comments for the show, it's kind of funny as I listen and I do the editing, I realize for whatever reason, I've dropped the .com off the email address the last couple of times I've given it. I just say show oh. at Grace and Peace Radio. I hadn't even noticed yeah, you did that. Funny. So show at Grace and Peace Radio dot com. <laughs> yep. And feel free to email us. Uh, also, most people apparently listen through Apple Podcasts, but we're also available on Sermon Audio now. So we're out there. Again, we're just honored that you'd listen. So thank you very much. And the Lord bless you this week. And we will talk to you next time. Bless you all. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian Podcast Community and the Society of Reformed Podcasters. For more information, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.